Genesis 1, 26 through 28. This is the English Standard Version. Now, I am going to make sure that I, I, I amplify just a bit uh, so you'll hear perhaps me give a Hebrew word and then the definition for that particular Hebrew word, just so that we're able to really understand God's mind as he inspired um, the writers to write the scripture. Then God said, let us, again, the triune Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, let us make man, that is Aesop, let us create man. Now, I want us to understand that in this particular passage, God is creating the spirit of mankind. He is the father of spirits. We'll understand it better when we get into Genesis uh, chapter 2. Let us make man, create man, that is Adam, the human race, in our image after our likeness. And let them have, that's mankind, the human race, let them have dominion, that is rada, the Hebrew word, the, abil the ability to prevail against, to rule, to take possession of, to reign. Let us make man in our image and after our likeness, and let them have dominion, let them have a rada, rulership, the ability to reign over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created, this Hebrew word is bara, to bring out of himself. Let us create ASAP man now after God says, this is what we want mankind to do. So God created to bring out himself, man, in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, pay attention, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful. Now that is para, to be productive, to increase. And multiply, that is Rabba, to be an authority, to excel as you bring up others to be productive. It means to enlarge. Then he says, and fill the earth, which speaks to replenishing the earth by leaving a deposit in the earth for this generation and for future generations. And then he says, subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Genesis 2, 7. So in Genesis 1, God creates the spirit. Genesis 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. Now he is establishing the earth suit, the dirt pot, the container in which he is going to place the spirit of the man that he created. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Man became a living nefesh. So we see the spirit of the man put inside of the container, the house, the human body. Genesis 2, 21 through 25. And the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he womb man. 
and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone. Pay attention, please. This is now bone. And Adam said this. At sim, that's the Hebrew word, strong, firm, self-substance, the essence of man. So this is the essence of me. This woman came out of me, and now she speaks to strength in me. She speaks to being firm. She speaks to self. This is who I am. This woman came out of me, substance, the essence of man. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, womb man, isha. Now we have the female taken out of, this word means a wife. This word means a bride. Because she was taken out of man. Therefore, shall a man leave Azov, be released from, to begin. Therefore, shall a man leave his father, listen you all, leave his mama and his daddy. Can you see it? And shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Notice, and they were both naked, a Rome. They were vulnerable, they were pure, they were innocent, they were saturated with the presence of God. The man and his wife, and were not ashamed. That means void of disgrace, void of disguise. And how many relationships do we have today filled with disguise, filled with disgrace? Today's teaching is entitled, What Happened to the Family? I understand traditionally that on what we celebrate as Mother's Day, we hear sermons and accolades acknowledging the significance and the contributions of mothers. And certainly I am supportive of this honor, but on today, our focus will be on what is on the heart of God. I, I, I want to be relatable. I'm definitely going to be relevant. I'm also going to be revolutionary, a bit radical, but everything I say will be righteous. And I can back everything I say by the scripture. With this in mind, together we're going to consider God's indigenous plan for the family. Have you ever wondered what happened to the family? Family, from the mind of God, speaks to Father's house. During this time, we must make sure that we develop in our thinking, we're challenged in our thinking, and we're going to expand our thinking from the inception of this church, Time of Celebration Ministries. We've been guided by a mandate inspired by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to take you through the mission statement and the vision. I'm going to connect all of this. I'm definitely not going to finish today. We'll do the best that we can. And the church said, Amen. all right, now you all can do better than that because when lead pastors here, you're shouting and you're jumping and you're all over the place, even when it's raining, right? Now, we're having a, a mother-to-child dialogue. Let's just have a little chat. Is that all right? Our mission statement has been to make sure that we equip every believer, those who profess Christ, with the sound biblical principles necessary for growth and development as we impact the lives of others for change. We're talking about transformation here. We build strong families, mature believers, restore the male seed, reach the lost, those who are unsaved by precept and example. Our focus has always been on building strong families, restoring the male seed. 
the vision of our church to birth nations into the kingdom of God one life at a time with the emphasis on the male seed. And many have had issue with the fact that the emphasis has been on the male seed. When we consider God's mandate to us to birth nations into the kingdom of God, he spoke this very clearly to us that when he sees us, when he looks at you, when he looks at me, he does not just see us individually. He sees the nations, the generations impacted by his power working in and through us. He sees every life that you will touch, I will touch, based upon what he is doing in and through us. And so we consider nations, we consider the ethnicities, ethnos, we consider the male seed, the restoration of the family. The emphasis has to be on the male seed. 27 years later, we have not deviated from God's instructions. And why would God direct us this way? The male is the seed carrier. If we destroy the male, we have to understand this. We, we have no mothers. We have no wives. We have no children. If we destroy the seed carrier, if we destroy the male, if we destroy the man, we have no mothers. We have no wives. We have no children. God created the male, the seed carrier, to head up the family. Within the seed is the family. Within the seed is the community. Within the seed is the church. Within the seed is the nation. So God reminds us of his divine order, his divine plan for the family. And understand this, the best outcome for the man, the best outcome for the woman and the children is realized when marriage is the governing authority. Now, I understand that we've got some statistics that go through the roof when it comes to us not doing it God's way. God's way is the best way, and it really is the only way if we want to live. The best outcome for the man, the best outcome for the woman and the children is realized when marriage is the governing authority. What happened to the family? And it is unfortunate that we, we lack understanding of the power and the position and the purpose of the male seed. We don't want to bash the male seed. We don't have families without our men. For some young adults, living together has become a more common option than marriage, according to the new U.S. Census Bureau estimates. The annual statistics show that the proportion of young adults who live with an unmarried partner continues to rise. Now, I, I understand that the culture opposes the Christ, the word of God, but it is our responsibility to bring Christ to the culture, not bring the culture in the church and we conform to the culture, we conform to the teachings of Christ. Jeremiah 6, 16 through 20. So you all are going to, everybody say, we just love you, pastor, we just love you. Love you. you see how weak that is now? If my son said that. I mean, I mean they, would, they would hear down the street, right, probably in another city. Everybody say, we love you, Pastor. Love you. See, I, see, I need that because I'm getting ready to say something radical. <laughs> That's all right. Listen, we want to hear a word from God, right? That's what matters. That's what makes the difference. Jeremiah 6, 16 through 20, we're going to see this in the Message Bible. God's message yet again. Go stand at the crossroads and look around. Ask for directions to the old road, the tried and true road. Then take it 
That's God's way. Discover the right route for your souls. But they said, nothing doing. We aren't going that way. I even provided watchmen for them to warn them to set off the alarm. But the people said, it's a false alarm. Listen, you all, it doesn't concern us. And so I'm calling in the nations as witnesses. Watch witnesses what happens to them. And pay attention, earth. Don't miss these bulletins. I'm visiting catastrophe on this people. The end result of the games that they've been playing with me. Now understand in the context that God speaks through the prophet Jeremiah to the nation of Israel, but today Israel speaks to a type of the body of Christ. They've ignored everything I said. God saying, now you ignore what I say. Had nothing but contempt for my teaching. What would I want with incense brought in from Sheba? <laughs> Rare spices from exotic places. Your burnt sacrifices in worship give me no pleasure. Your religious rituals mean nothing to me. God's saying, I want you to do it my way. Here's the plan. Here's the pattern. Here's my prevailing order. Walk therein and find rest, blessings, and favor. But our response is, we don't want to do it that way. Right? So the condition of the family today is not a reflection of the original plan of God for the family. Ouch. God's pattern for the family must be adhered to without deviation and without negotiation. Fathers bring stability. Fathers bring safety. I'm going to prove it from the scripture. Fathers bring security. Fathers bring soundness in judgment. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, where are these guys at? Because I haven't met them. Right? Just stay with me for a minute. It is imperative that our young males are taught the power of the seed in their loins. So we're not ruled by feelings. We're not led by feelings. We're led by the Holy Spirit. But every young male must be taught that he is a seed carrier and it is important how you manage the seed in your loins. It is imperative that our young girls know and understand the devastation of sex before marriage. It is not the sex, then the marriage. You see, it is the marriage, then the sex. I didn't think I'd get a strong amen on that. Now, it is not the sex, then the marriage. See, we have to be taught this. We cannot buy into the culture. Everybody's doing it. And if you want to get him, if you want to hook him, you got to give him some. Right? If you, if you want to keep him, you got to give him some. That's not the way that you keep a man. Right? I'm being real nice. The Bible says, wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. Pay attention. Not girlfriends submit to your boyfriends. So you're under no obligation, young lady, unmarried female, you're under no obligation to submit to what you call your boyfriend. And he can use the he can wear the word submit. I see that? That's what I'm saying. You got to be submit. No, listen, I don't submit to boyfriends. <laughs> I submit to my husband, and that's one. One. No female is required to submit to the boyfriend. So understand this. Our objective today is to present a systematic plan of development whereby, listen, one family at a time, we bring our homes into absolute harmonious agreement with the word of God. It's not too late. You all, we can do this. 
We cannot be fashioned by the culture. We must be governed by the Christ. And so we've heard it repeated in the Amplified, New King James, New Living Translation. It's Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. And be not conformed to the world, the culture. But you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You, the whole you, every aspect of you, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then we'll prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We cannot conform to the culture. And the only way we can be influential in changing the, the, the current state of our families is by returning to God's original purpose for the family. There are things that my husband taught our son that I could never teach him. There's something that he modeled before our son that I could never model before him, you see. There are things that he could relate to raising our son that I could not relate to. I am female. I am womb man. Isha, I am man with a womb. Listen, so my husband being Ish, a man with no womb, a man with the ability to teach another man how to be a man, you see. So understand this, and I know it's a hard teaching, but, but we've got to be able to say the hard things, the real things, the revolutionary things. If we're going to reach a generation of young people who do it God's way, there are some things that I'll never be able to teach my sons. And I understand this. It is by the order of God that there will always be a deficit in a child's life when daddy is not involved. There will always be a deficit in that child's life when fathers are not involved. And I want to repeat, fathers bring stability. I am not dismissing the reality of how powerful our women are, our mothers are, our wives are. But I'm saying God had a reason when he said the man is the seed carrier. He's the head of the house. He stabilizes that house. He brings sound judgment to the house. He, he represents the visionary, the eyes to the house. He brings security and he brings safety. So when we started this church and, 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 and our son was, I mean, he saw me and his dad and some things I'll never preach. I don't want no part of that, ever. Everybody say, ever. <laughs> I don't want to have anything to do with ministry. And then, listen, God's call so much greater, tugging on his heart. So before he was ever in the pulpit preaching, his daddy said, cut that grass. Take out that trash. Change that ceiling tile. Listen, change those light bulbs. He gave him responsibilities. He assigned him a task that would develop in him work ethic. You'll miss this. Before you ever get a woman, brother, you definitely need to know how to work. You need to know the responsibility of, of being on a job in the marketplace, employed. You need to know how to manage money before you try to manage her, manage these bills. <laughs> manage this money. Now, this is going to be rough, you see, because God never ordained that the woman take care of the man. It's another series is the husband's, the father's responsibility to take care of the wife and the children. And it's okay, brother, because if you don't want to take care of her, don't marry her. <laughs> this is Mother's Day chat with the children. Y'all running around saying, Mama Flowers, okay, let's see what she all about. 
Can we be okay? I want to repeat the statement. The only way we can be influential in changing the current state of our families is by returning to God's original purpose for the family. There must be an intentional quest to return to godly principles and teach basic Christian values in the home. Now, I understand that not every home is a Christian home. I understand that every male is not a man. And I also understand that every male is not godly. Right. So the key to the restoration of the family is the restoration of the male seed. We've got to go after the men. Now, and, and, and understand, because of the way God created the woman, we can't be running around whining and saying, well, why y'all got the emphasis on the male? Somebody need to have the emphasis on me. You feel better when he is in position. Every woman fares better when a man knows who he is from his creator's perspective, not the culture. The family will fare well. Listen, the woman, the wives, we fare well when the men are in position. And this is the challenge today. We've got males who are out of position, right? We've got females out of position, and we cannot be okay with that. And if, if you're going to hear it from any place, you ought to hear it from the church. Males must return to their indigenous purpose, their God-given identity as defined by the Creator, the Almighty. So godly fathers embody, listen, godly fathers embody the solution to the ills facing our families. You don't know him. You don't know what he did. Everybody's not him. And understand what's happening to him. The reason why he is doing what he is doing is because he missed his behavior. The Bible reveals to us the behavior God assigns to the male seed. But what happens when he misses his behavior, it's called misbehavior. Now he's doing what he was not created to do because he missed his behavior. He's void of the very essence of who he really is. Now, and somebody has to be willing, listen, to step up and teach. This is who you really are. You ain't selling dope. That, that's not who you are, right? And screwing around with her and her, and maybe him. <laughs> Listen, that's not who you were created to be. Right? Somebody has to teach that it is possible to experience all these desires and this sexual appetite. It's possible for these hormones to be raging and you yet be a person who's able to exercise self-government. Self-control. Godly fathers embody the solution to the ills facing our families. So we need men, mature men, God-fearing men, men who love their wives as Christ loves the church. Now, this is another issue we run into. So here she comes, because <laughs> she went and found her somebody. And then she has the nerve to say, well, he won't love me as Christ loves the church. He can't. A sinner, an unsaved male, does not know how. To love a wife as Christ loves the church. I can have that expectation of my husband. He's a godly man. So when God says, husband, love your wife as Christ loves the church, then God is saying, okay, you be willing to serve her. You be the example before her and make sure you're willing to sacrifice, put your life on the line if need be for her highest good. Are you willing to do that? Now, he can do that when Christ is his head, but if a male does not know Christ as his head, he does not have the wherewithal to love you as Christ loves the church, and it is called an unrealistic expectation. 
You ain't got to say amen because it seems like, y'all, I got to buy amen. I got to beg for it, amen. I got to clap myself, say amen to my own message. <laughs> I know it's the truth. Well, I don't really like you. I don't like women preachers. Listen, many people don't believe in Jesus the Christ. He's still the son of God. Yes. He, he, he's still the savior of the world. So that don't even matter. Your opinion. You see, that's why I don't like her. You see that? You see that? <laughs> a male detached from Christ cannot love his wife as Christ loves the church. And it would be foolish for a wife to expect such love. Our goal is to return to and restore God's original plan for the family. That's what this church is all about. How are we going to start doing this? Teaching every, every male how to be a godly man. You see... We have to be taught. Young male boys don't come here knowing how to be godly. They come here knowing how to sin because they come here with the nature of the devil. Right? So we have to teach. We're going to have to raise these kind of boys. So the church doesn't have time. Listen, we don't have time to sing, shout, and shake our booties. We need to be teaching. We need to be in teaching mode so that we're teaching young males how to be godly men. This is what is required of you. We teach them how to be godly husbands. They don't know. So some, and some of you, listen, ladies, you can't say amen, especially if you sit next to your husband. He don't know how to be no godly husband. <laughs> he has to be taught. Wow. Now, the best way we teach young males how to be godly husbands is that godly husbands before them model this type of behavior. So, so our son can honestly say before God, he's 36 years old, so he can say, I never saw my dad push my mom, yell at my mom, scream at my mom, hit my mom, disrespect my mom, play around on my mom. My dad modeled before me what it looks like to be a godly man in, a mar in the context of marriage. So he can be what he saw. Because there's nothing that he saw that violates the scripture. Now, why are you saying that? Because every young boy needs to see how his daddy interacts with his mama. You don't curse her out. You don't push her. You don't yell at her. You don't scream. You don't call her names. Right? And, and some of these women, brothers, you hit her, she hit you back. <laughs> if brother come to church and we wonder what's wrong, she says the wife done beat him up. <laughs> Y'all ain't laughing. <laughs> this is real stuff. Seriously, this is, this is real stuff. This, this, this brother, this is years ago. This guy was a member of our church. So he has the audacity. This happens in church, people. He has the audacity to play around on his wife. So she went up to his job, going to confront him on his job, you know. And of course, somehow they, they managed to calm her down. But guess what happened the next time he came to church? Okay, he was sitting on the front, and the lady came. We happened to intercept this whole situation in the, in the lobby. She came in the church, going to whoop him. So we had the greeters, you know, the urchins, everybody on alert, because this woman is really, she's in high gear. She's upset. The brother really just, he messed up real bad. So we asked him, we asked him, we said, brother, would you please sit in the back of the church? We want you to sit in the back. So if she gets a hold of you, <laughs> if she, look, if she gets a hold of you, we can keep it confined to the back. The whole service won't be disrupted. This brother got all the way in the front. <laughs> he would not do what we asked him to do. So the lady stayed at the church. And so we said, okay, you know, these people going home. We got to go home. This, this dude said, 
y'all better call the cops. <laughs> he was afraid to leave the church. Now, you all are laughing. You know some women like this. She's going to hurt this boy. So I think that man stayed until, uh, until we all, everybody got off the grounds and we got the lady off the grounds. Then he left the church, right? He was just that scared. He did not care that the whole service was going to be disrupted, right? I think he felt on the front row he had some kind of cushion, some kind of protection, or he had a quick exit, right? So listen, some of you guys, some of these women, y'all need to be careful because uh, they might look like they're real soft, but they'll hurt you, right? Okay, so we're teaching our males. And some of y'all, the brothers said, you know, Pastor, I'm living with a woman like that right now. <laughs> and, you know, I don't want to cross her, so be careful, Pastor. Don't say too much. He can't even say amen. He can't, he can't smile. He can't do nothing. You don't know what you got till you got it. Teaching our males how to be godly men, godly husbands, godly fathers. Can we do this? We must do it. Then we have to teach our females how to be somebody. So I was waiting till you got to her. <laughs> teach our females how to be godly women. All right, now, not loud. I mean, not argumentative, right? Not defiant. Not angry. Always got an attitude. You, you see them coming, right? What's your language? Not ratchet. So I've, been wondering, I've been wanting to ask, what does ratchet mean? What does that mean? Y'all yell it out. What does that mean? What, is that? what does it mean? Ooh, wow, now y'all talking, right? That's not what we want. We're going to teach the females how to be godly women, right? Godly wives, right? Godly mothers. Now, we're nurturers. And understand this, when we start having these babies, the party is over. Right? You ain't got time to try to get your groove on. Right? Come on, y'all need ladies. Come on, y'all help me out. Y'all, I'm you, right? So y'all support me in this, right? Your responsibility now is to parent that child. Well, I got a life to live. Oh, no, 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 no. Now you have the responsibility, right, of raising this child. That's where your commitment is, and God will give you the grace to do it. So we're going to return to God and we must seek after these godly principles as we're parenting our children. Key statement, the greatest tragedy contributing to the demise of our families is the loss of fathers. The loss of fathers. We need them. We need them. Not only have we lost fathers, grandfathers, great-grandfathers. See, see, daddy was never at home, right? We don't even have big daddy. When I was growing up, I had what we call big daddy. Anybody ever had a big daddy? Big da- Y'all didn't have no big dads? Ooh, whoa. <laughs> big daddy was, was our grandfather. And so somebody said, oh, that's what that is. That's, that's what. He, was, he was our grandfather, and he was a stabilizing entity for the family. You see, we don't have big daddies. We don't have great grandfathers. We don't have grandfathers. Right? And just with that statement, we should see how serious the dilemma really is. God created that there would be a village, a community. Listen, all of us have our hands in this. Key statement. It takes true fathers, godly fathers, to shape a young girl's perception of herself first. Then she knows how to identify a godly man. How can you identify what you've never seen? 
So you think it's okay for him to hit you, curse you, talk to you like you're less than. You think that's okay, right? That is not okay. It is never acceptable. Never. But how does a young daughter come into this realization? It takes a true father, a godly father, to shape her perspective, her perception of herself. Then she'll know how to identify a godly man. Fatherhood is so much more than a male's ability to impregnate a female. A seed carrier, all things being equal, can get a woman pregnant. Now pay attention. That doesn't make him a man. That does not make him a father. Right? I believe my son made the statement, that makes him a sperm donor. Can you see it? It's important to understand that fatherhood is so much more than a male's ability to impregnate a female. So to save the males is to save our females and thus to save our children. Now, are you all still here? Did y'all leave and go home? Fatherhood speaks to a male's ability to live out God's original blueprint and dare to reflect that nature and character of God before the lives of those around him, especially his family. Fatherhood speaks to a male's ability to live out God's original blueprint. Pastor, where do I find it? It's right here in the Bible. You should read it. How many of you all got past Genesis? <laughs> That's another story. Some of y'all went right over your head. It's like, whoa, whoa, what did she say? Now, if you think Genesis is in the New Testament, you're in trouble. Fatherhood speaks to a male's ability to live out God's original blueprint and dare to reflect the nature and the character of God that he's created before the lives of those around him, especially his family. We must be taught. Key statement, a male can be in the house, bring home the money, and pay all the bills and still not be a husband or a father. Is that real? A male can be in the house, bring home the money, pay all the bills, and still not be a husband or a father. And this is sad to say, many times, uh, some of our mothers are better off with him not being there because of his behavior in the house. The breakdown in families feeds crime. It is not crime that feeds the breakdown in our families. So in order for our families to be what God intended, there must be a godly foundation. So some of you all may know the, the story out of uh, Matthew 16. It's verses 13 through 18. The Bible says that, that when Jesus Christ went into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he did ask his disciples, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? Some said, you're John the Baptist, you're Jeremiah, Elijah, one of the prophets. So Jesus said, now, but... Whom do you say that I am? Y'all come to class. What is he saying in essence? Now, every male needs to know who Christ is. Not from the culture's perspective, you see. So Peter yells out, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And so Jesus says, wait a minute. Peter, before you get all huffy, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. My Father in heaven revealed that to you, which says that there's some insight, some revelation that I can only get from God. Jesus says, now upon this rock, not you, Peter, but what you said, the revelation spoken out of your mouth, the truth that you just declared, upon this rock of revelation knowledge, Jesus being the rock, I'm the rock, I will build, pay attention, my church. 
So the church belongs to who? Jesus Christ. That's why he's called the head of the church, you see. So no pastor is the head of the church. Some of y'all thought that. The Bible says Jesus is the head of the church. So he says, the gates of hell, the counsels of darkness, shall not, cannot, will not prevail against ownership here, my church. Can you see it? So since the church belongs to him, he has a right to tell the church what to do. Who missed that? Every male must know who Christ is. So our emphasis on the male seed, in order for us to develop these godly men, godly husbands, godly fathers, we must teach the young male who Christ is so that he can intimately know him, genosco, experience him for himself. And then I can model this relationship between me and the Christ before my family. So you all, in all integrity, standing here, I see nothing in my husband but Christ. He models that. But my children now can attest to the same truth. Right? That's not a lie. So why am I bringing that out? Because it is possible for us to get our men in this position. Now, the thing that the female misses is that we're supposed to help them develop in their manhood, help them achieve their God-given destiny. We're supposed to help them. God said, I will create for him a helper, one who is suitable and adaptable, able to meet his needs, help him develop in his manhood, not beat him down. Not tell him, you ain't like sister so-and-so's husband. Or you ain't like my daddy. That is not what we do, you see. Because he's going to get enough of that in the marketplace. Right? He'll get enough of that in the streets when they call him boy or worse. But in his home, right, his palace, his kingdom, he should have a queen who esteems him highly and prophesies to what God put in him. Now, that ain't nothing spooky. All we're doing is saying, what God told you to do, brother, you're well able to do it. And I'm going to help you get it done. Right? Now... We confuse helping him from God's perspective with giving him sex. That ain't helping him. Can y'all handle the truth? Because he really could get that from any other place. Somebody said it anywhere, anywhere. See that? Why? Because we basically have the same equipment. The knowledge is in how we use it. Y'all know this is true. This ain't over your head, all the stuff y'all reading and looking at. Y'all got code language. I have to get my son to interpret. Are <laughs> oh, we all understanding? Helping him is not going to bed with him. Helping him is not pushing out babies for him. Yeah. Helping him is not helping him sell dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we in business together. Doing what? Okay, I'm going to get back. Okay, get right back here. Help him. Well, who's going to help me? You see, there's a such thing as reciprocity. We do what we're created to do so that they can do what God created them to do, and we reap the benefits. We're the benefactors. But we got to get them doing what God created them to do. And we can't flip this. I don't care about y'all being quiet on this. See, I actually like it quiet because then you're listening. It's penetrating. You get mad. Get attitude. What does that mean? That you recognize, okay, change needs to occur here. I ain't going to tell nobody, but I'm going to, look, look, this is how we do it. I ain't going to tell nobody, but, but, but pastor, when I leave, I'm going to do better. 
That's what I want. I want you to do better. God's word presents to us the best for our families. And so, here we go. Having sex is not an indicator of love, but rather one's physiological response to a natural craving without any commitment. So he can say, I love you, baby. <laughs> he has a bottom line. He doesn't love you. He loves what you're going to give him. Why y'all acting like, you know, I, I really can't relate to this. This really is not spiritual. <laughs> he does not love you. So here we go. Most married people, when we say I do, are not in love. Right? So when I married my husband almost 38 years ago, I was not in love with him, attracted to him. I learned to love him within the context of marriage. And every other couple telling the truth, knows this to be so. He's highly infatuated with me. Well, I mean, what'd you expect? <laughs> Wait, now, now, now pay attention to this. I was in church, in the choir, doing what God created me to do. He was on the keyboard uh, at the church. We had gone out of, out of state to sing at the church that he was playing for, church musicians. So, I'm doing the lost business. He's looking. <laughs> now, we laugh, but that's what a man is supposed to do. Don't flip that. She's not supposed to be looking. Well, ha, 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 I'm going to get him. You just be still. Do what God created you to do. Let him do, an, let him do the looking. Let him do the chasing. You see, he's supposed to tackle you. <laughs> Take down only if he's godly, so he's watching me. I'm going to really tell it. Can I tell all our business? Some of y'all so nosy. <laughs> no. So, I, listen, I have no knowledge of this. You know, his grandmother, his aunt, of course, they educated me later. But, yeah, I'm tending to God's business. He, he was shacking with some girl. Uh-uh, 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 don't you, no, wait, 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 don't, don't you do that, because you're shacking with somebody. <laughs> you know it. So he's shacking with some girl. Somebody said, my Lord, my Lord. <laughs> so here we go. So, but he saw, pay attention, you see, and, and, and males operate like this. He saw what he wanted for his future. Yeah. Saw what he wanted for his destiny. Yeah. Some of y'all going to say, that's so cruel. This man went and kicked that woman out. <laughs> he kicked that lady out. He came back to the church looking for his destiny, his future, right? Now, I was in position doing what God told me to do. So now after he gets his life right, I think he's told you all some of his testimony. He gets his life right. Now, we get married. Now, he, he rearranged his entire life. Pay attention. He rearranged his entire life for what he saw as his destiny, as his future. Now, remember, though, he was raised by godly parents, godly grandparents, and so he had a model, but like many of us, he deviated from the model. Can we just tell our business? He deviated from the model. It doesn't make him a dog because he deviated from the model. What he needs to see is his destiny, his future. Not a hoochie, not somebody who's ratchet, not somebody who's going to drop it like it's hot. Listen, he needed to see someone who spoke to where God wanted to take him. Right? 
Now, remember, our lead pastor came out of his loins, so you got a visual here. The man is the seed carrier, so in his loins, the seed, our son. Can you see it? And this is what God wants. He wants every male in position, so the seed in his loins, listen, he gives birth to offspring that give, gives God glory. Can you all see it? Now, y'all want me to tell you more of our business, right? Let's see if I have time. I want you to see this. I gave you a passage, uh, a, a, a point of emphasis. Having sex is not an indicator of love, but rather one's physiological resp response to a natural craving without any commitment. You see, at a certain age, as we're developing all these hormones over the place, you're supposed to have what is called a sexual desire. That don't mean you need to be running around using it. <laughs> the word is control. Well, how are we supposed to? You see, you have to understand our creator, he gave you that. It's normal. I mean, he put it on the inside of us. But you have to manage that just like we have to manage every other aspect of our lives. This is good preaching. I don't care what you think. This is good preaching. <laughs> every male, I want it on notice, every male is not a man. And a guy can be 50, listen, he can be 60, he can be 70, and still not a man. You see, it is a, it is a progression, it is a becoming, it is a shaping. This is why we understand that it is our responsibility to leave a deposit in the earth for this generation and future generations. So God says, you be productive, be fruitful. Make sure you're first productive. Then multiply, assist others in their productivity. Make sure that we are influential in the productivity of others. And then he says, replenish, leave a deposit in the earth for this generation and future generations. You see, that speaks to our children. Can we see it? Because all things being equal, at some point, we're out of here. It'll be noted on our death certificate. Every male is not a man. When I was a child, I spake. As a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, then what did I do? I put away childish things. So I no longer think like a man, behave like a man. Listen, I no longer, no longer talk, I no longer talk like a child, behave like a child, understand as a child. Now I understand like a man. I think like a man. In other words, I speak like a man. I behave like a man. But understand, I can be 30. So, so ladies, this is what we've gotten from. Well, when I married him, I wanted him fully developed. I married a man. No, you married a male. <laughs> Y'all going to get it later. Why you and Papa Dose eating? If you can get in. Right? When I became a man, can y'all see it? Well, Pastor, you know, I thought he was a man when I married him. He was a male. And it's okay that you married him, a male, as long as he's born again now. Now you help him become a man. Ooh, I, listen, this is the latest, latest rebuttal. I don't want to help him become no man. You're on assignment. Right? Listen, he is not fully developed when you marry him. Can we talk? He is not, I'm saying to every daughter in the room, he is not fully developed in his manhood when you marry him. I don't care how old he is. 
Now, the other thing about that is no male can really help him like a woman can help him. Amen. And within the confines of marriage, a man best learns character. Ooh, see? Y'all, you see? He, he learns character. You mean he didn't have no character when I said I do? <laughs> He's developing in his character. You're going to help him. And it's going to be very difficult if you're a whiner. Ooh, let me get back his. Okay, monogamy. We understand this. I know we've seen some things in culture. We've read about some things. And, and I want to caution you all. Some of you all are very serious students. You, you read your commentaries. You can't believe everything you see in the commentary, right? And if you try to uh, interpret the Bible from a commentary, now you're, you're studying and you're, you're speaking out of the mind of a commentator. We want this out of the mind of God. Right? And God has a responsibility to reveal to his people his original plan. So when we think of monogamy, this was and is the original plan of God. Ooh, we. I'm going to have to finish. Ooh, geez. It speaks to the male man and the female man coming together under the authority, pay attention, the authority of God in a governing institution called marriage. Ooh, let me go, since y'all won't say nothing. Not common law, not shacking. Let's, let's just try this out and see if this is going to work. It speaks to the male man and the female man coming together under the authority of God in a governing institution called marriage. Marriage all day long is God's idea. It's God's plan. And it is his best. Marriage fails because one or both parties refuse to obey God. Pay attention. It is not, and it never has been, 50. you give 50%, I will give 50%. No, marriage is, you give 100%, I'm going to give 100%. That's what marriage is. Marriage is God's plan. Failure, you all, is not possible when we obey God. I say it over and over because we need to hear it. It's not that, um, it's not that we don't have struggles, we don't have challenges, but, but understand this, as long as I obey God, failure is not possible can't. Not as long as I obey my creator. I want to close with a final scripture. You all know I'm not finished, right? Okay. So y'all have to be nice because lead pastor's coming back and he's going to be on fire. What I'm going to have to tell him, I need to finish this. So, so yeah, so what you all are going to have to do is you all are going to have to be nice and not be missing church when you find out he ain't here. Right? I know the deal. Here we go, because I, I mean, I got a whole lot to share. But anyway, uh, we're talking about years of experience anyway, right? We, we were just having a little chat today. I want to close with this passage, Genesis 18, 17 through 19. This is from the Message Translation. Then God said, shall I keep back from Abraham what I'm about to do? This is just before God destroys Saddam and Gomorrah. Abraham is going to become a large and strong nation. All the nations of the world are going to find themselves blessed through him. Yes, I've settled on him, pay attention, as the one to train his children and future family to observe God's way of life, live kindly and generously and fairly so that God can complete in Abraham what he promised him. Now, God wants to take the male seed and build nations, generations, he wants fathers to train children, right? He wants fathers to love their wives. I understand that we've messed this up. We've tried to 
to share. Everybody has a past. Yes, we've, we've all messed up, and we didn't do it God's way. We didn't even know to do it God's way. But now you all are going to finish this. Now that I know better, what's the rest of that? I'm going to do better because I know better, right? Where we can help, we must be compelled to help. Where we can change, we must repent and change. And all of heaven is at our disposal. When I say, God, I want your way, he gives me access to his wisdom, to his presence, to his power. God has purpose for every male seed, you see. And you can say, well, he hurt me. You know, he left me with this child. I understand. I said we've all messed this up. But my mom, when, when my dad was doing his thing, and of course, both of them are deceased today. My mom married a guy, one guy, who took all six of us six children and we were bad <laughs> he took all six of us and he loved us and he raised us he didn't know that one of the six would officiate his funeral and the things that I would have to say about this man who took one woman with six children and he was the father that my biological daddy never was you see, he didn't get my mama pregnant, but he took the six that she had for another guy, and he loved on us. It's possible, you see. Whatever the state of affairs we currently find ourselves facing, the unmarried woman, I understand God gives us grace to love our babies and raise our babies, but you can be a holy woman until God brings you a godly man. And he'll take your, your child, your children, he'll love your children as if they came out of his loins. But you need to be steadfast, unmovable, waiting on God. You see, you'll pick up a whole lot of stuff if you go do it yourself. But if you wait on him, God can bless you, right, if you trust him. And we have to teach our young girls, those who are not sexually active, no, God has a better way. That's not what we do with our bodies, Right? Ooh, y'all quiet. That's why God wants you to hear the message, you see. Because we can do what our creator created us to do. How are we going to turn the tide? How will this thing change? We've got to teach the truth, pay attention, unapologetically tell the truth. Don't buy into the culture, but raise these children the way God told us to raise them. And when we come together again, I'm going to tell you what God says about how we train our children. Amen?